Hey everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Manly Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. Today we've got something kind of interesting and unique. We're going to focus on something that I have seen most of my life as a Mainer, from Kittery to Caribou and every place in between. And it's something that we just see everywhere, but it has such a historical, even an artistic, and maybe even a utility historical perspective to them. And these are the barns of Maine. They're, they're just everywhere. They're just shapes and sizes, and some are older than others, or some are not well taken care of. And, and, and it, but, but they're just beautiful. They just have this incredible historic value to them. And I just wanted to talk about that today because I think that they are important, and I'm not the only one. I know my mother, who was an artist, she used to paint barns. She used to take pictures of them, bring it, the picture home, and, and just paint them um, because she saw such a value to their artistic uh, quality. And so, so today I have a really special guest, and this is Loretta Blackstone, who's an author. She's from Caribou, and, and she's from the county. And, you know, this is really important because, you know, she calls herself, get this, a country girl. I don't know. We're going to have to, we're going to talk to her and see what that exactly means. But um, Loretta, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Well, thank you very much, Brian, for having me come. You know, um, I was given uh, a, a copy of your book, and I got to spend some time with it over the weekend. And, you know, and it's it's really, there's, there's two things that pop out to me. Of course, uh, your vision that I understand it, that you saw that these beautiful artifacts, these barns around the county needed to be captured. And, you know, talk to me, talk to us, the listener, just a little bit about your, you know, your early thoughts about that, about the barns and their importance to you and, and how you wanted to approach that. <laughs> well, the little barns to me has always been very special because I was born on a farm and I married a farmer, mm -hmm. and I always thought someday perhaps I'll take pictures of these, and I should have started much sooner, because a lot of them have really are no longer standing, and they don't look that good, the ones that are standing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, the little barns to me are very special. I used to play in the barns, of course, with my siblings and mm -hmm. so forth, and many of the farm kids did the same. So it is a nice, it's a... Uh, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. It's fun. Yeah, I remember actually some of my early memories too. In Cumberland, we used to one family member, uh, family friend, um, had a barn with hay, and we could jump off the loft into the hay, and then it had a swing in the barn, and you know, it, had, it was so much fun. Yeah. And I remember just being so excited to go to their house because they had that big barn, and so you know, that's what we all think about. And I think we still romance that idea of of the barn in Maine or even around as America, you know, as something that. But here's the thing that I'd like to do. Loretta, I'd like to back up a little bit. I remember, you know, part of your book. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, you and your husband. That's Orman, right? And he, you guys were just, you're, talk us a little bit about that scene of you guys just uh, driving around the county. And, and I know that he had a special thing as well that he was looking for. Yes. Yes. Both of us enjoy riding around the country. And of course, this is a farming area in Northern Maine. Yeah in the county, rather, and um, we just would take rides around the country, and he would, always looking for antique to add to his collection, whether it be an old tractor or just a piece of, uh, piece of a machinery or a tool or such. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, that's not 
as much interested <laughs> as that, that I am. Yeah. I mean, he was more interested in this than I am. Yeah. So uh, I had a little camera, and I just started taking pictures of the little old barns that I just loved yeah. and the bigger barns also. And then they were potato houses, too. They were just leaving the countryside. At, yeah, it they were just going away. Yeah. And I said, oh, my soul, we've got to do something about that. So that started my collection. Is that about, 1990, started, is that about 1990s? Is that when that started? You right started about to... that time or uh-huh. just a little before, but right around that time, right. yes. Right. And I, we would start with uh, the towns around, for instance, Caribou. Mm-hmm. And it would take a while. One week we'd do one, and next Sunday we would... Uh, uh, do another town, and so we covered probably at least ninety percent of the roads being country roads. And once in a while, we'd get on the back roads. And how did we get here? You know, on the farm roads. Right. So we'd have to backtrack. And whenever we'd see a barn, I took it whether it was old or new, big or small. I enjoyed doing that. And over the time, I had uh, uh, fifteen hundred barns. In the 20 years that I've taken barns, pictures of them, and they were just, they they just grew to be amazing, and Orman enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it also, because he's the one who had to do all the driving, backing up, and (laughs) going forward, and say, oh, I think we missed the barn, and he'd back up, and (laughs) it was a fun thing. It was really, truly a fun thing to do. I love what you said in the book about him saying, careful, honey, there's a, might be a big dog over there. Or look out for the truck, you know, right? He would say things like that. Yes, yeah. he would. Yes, because he knew I wasn't keen on, on dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But he stayed in the truck, though. That's funny. He stayed in the truck. Be careful of the big dog. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's great. Now, you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's, there's some origin. So you've really become probably inadvertently, you became a barn historian and probably you know more about the different types of barns that are that are out there and, I, and one of the things I want to talk to you about my li- our listeners you know probably the listeners are, that are away and, and you know our local listeners who you know we drive by these things all the time but there's such a you know there's such a history to our culture here there's a, there's also something happening you know over time but chronologically you know let's talk about those those origins of the barn like you know what would you know when when people start you know they started to settle and started to develop land what was the first thing that was built when they started to do that <laughs> Now you're up on the crown of Maine, all the way up into the north area. That's when our settlers came in. The Acadians came from southwest, um, let me see, Ireland. Yeah. Excuse me, southwest France. Right. And they were shipped over here. And they were our first settlers. This is back in mid-1700s. And they were given grants. And the Grant land was, because this is right on that river, right. the St. John River, mm-hmm. and it borders most of Maine, the St. John River does. Mm-hmm. So we get a, a double punch here with our viewing. You can see Canada for many miles across the river, and it's right. gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. Mm. So the little barns were built. Um, they were given land grants, and one of the first things they would build would be either a small log cabin, because they had plenty of the 
trees that they could cut or the barn. It would be sometimes (laughs) um, people would live in with their cattle because it's cold up there in that north country in the wintertime especially. And can you believe it? People would live in with... uh, with their horses, they had to protect their horse because that was their mainstay. They had to have a horse or an ox and so forth yeah. on these ground, on the ground floors to these cabins. And the grants were started from the river going back, and they were very narrow. Right. The grants were narrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless there was two brothers or something, and then they would get probably like maybe 100 acres or just a little bit more. And it was paid for by, um, uh, they had to clear so many acres within a year or so many years. Ah, That was the deal that they were given. So they worked hard. They had to clear the land, of course, and they were fortunate enough to be along the river because that would be their their means of transportation for quite a bit of it, and their food also. Plus there was the moose and the deer and a lot of wild animals that they survived with. So there was an incentive that come here, they'd settle the land, they were very practical, right? Because they had to, you know, obviously protect their value, which was their animals. And, uh, you know, and then the people, it's funny how that order comes in, but you know, you do have to eat and you have to, you know, um, we're going to have a tough winter ahead and the barns were the, were the early yeah. barns built as big as they are as some of, in some of your pictures, do they start out that big? Uh, if you look on page 41, I believe, and that would be way down yeah. in uh, Weston. Right. That's a typical little barn. It was built in 1835, and that's when the town was, that was incorporated. And it's right there on East Grand Lake, and which is right across. Fantastic view. Oh, yeah. the view is just phenomenal. And you see the lake, and <clears> then you see Canada, and it's just and that's one of them, but that's not the earliest barn, but right. that's one of the early one. And whether it's still standing today or not, we've got to drive down there to, just to check on that barn. Yeah, and for our, listeners, oh. for our listeners, I'm going to say that this looks like probably a 3,000 square foot type of barn, um, not as, um, you know, uh, not as uh, um, ornate as some of the newer ones, of course, but they, uh, but they were very functional. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very functional. Yeah. Definitely, but up in Canada, uh, up in Canada, along the St. John um, River, they um, there's some older ones because that's when the people from France came over. They settled there. They were shipped out, as a matter of fact, and they settled in that area, and they built the first farms. That was first, that's when they first were built, was up along the um, the Canadian border. As a matter of fact, the border was not even, there was no border at the time, and they had quite a few there going on to find uh-huh. out where the border was going to be. So, uh-huh. But that part of the <laughs> early history yeah. of the people that settled along the St. John River yeah. in the northern 
And I heard a little bit about, I guess when we come up to the 1600s or so, I heard some early um, tobacco growth was experimented with in that area a bit. Um, you know, a lot of, that's what I heard. I heard that some of the barns were not just for uh, animals, but some of them were for plant drying and so forth. And uh, so it's kind of interesting, this, this, this eclectic, but you know, the, the livestock though, like what was the major livestock for those barns? Was it cows or was it cows and horses or was it all the above? Uh, well, they weren't very big and they didn't have very many okay. uh, how, uh, by, um, horses or ox or, or uh, cows at the time, but the horse was the most most valued of all, because if they didn't have their horse, then it meant all um, man labor. And they had to have the horse for the, you know, to cutting down the trees and clearing the land. And a man just couldn't do it by himself. Yeah, I want to, I want, I want to come back to that too, by the way, because I think that's an important piece about the evolution of the single horse up to the 200, <laughs> 200 horsepower. But, um, you know, the, 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 the types of barns <clears throat> that are out there that you've taken pictures of, um, what is the typical, what is your, I guess, what's the type of barn that you typically see? Because I know there's different types of shapes and sizes. Right now, at present time, or further back? Further back to, to present time, yeah. Further back to present time, yes. They was, uh, you may see a shingle uh, roof. Mm-hmm. And the board's going up and down. And um, oh, let me see. And would have the barn, the door in the front, of course. And it wasn't very big. Uh, and it was never painted because it just paint right. wasn't right. one of their yeah. concerns, of mm-hmm. course. So those were very, very small. And then as time went on, and the farmer. Um, got a little more prosperous, he would build another barn next to it or connecting mm-hmm. to it or enlarging the one he already has. And um, right up to the present time, that's something else because we don't build barns anymore up here, mostly because there's not that much of a uh, need right. for the barn today because of the tractors and so forth. I'm jumping ahead here quite that's far. That's okay. But um, but there's one piece of this. There's one piece of this though too is that we when when drivers when tourists and and our locals are driving around, we also there's a there's a there's a there's a connected barn and there's an unconnected barn. Those are two different types, right? And talk to me about those different types. Those two barns. Well, one was built possibly the smallest one, and the one with the peak roof. Right. And um. The next one may be a little bit taller and to allow to have some hay up in the mound. That's They needed the hay for the animals, of course, mm-hmm. and that would be up in the mound. And that would be on probably the newer one, but they still just still had their horses and their cows and the chickens and everything, you know, the pigs, everything was in that those two barns mm. that was their living. They needed that very badly. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the, the these connected barns too. I mean, they were. I mean, there's. I, when I was doing some research, I see there's like a little bit of debate about. You know, some people said it was because they wanted to not have to schlep through this the snow and you know make it more convenient for themselves, and some said that uh, that's not true. It was for 
other reasons? And uh, did you ever get into that at all? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> it, <laughs> if they had it there, it was needed, believe me. Oh, yeah. Very practical, right? Very practical. Mm-hmm. And they just, as I mentioned, that, you know, they just increased their, um, their horsepower or their cows. They got more cows now. Their family is growing. Mm-hmm. And they just need more of that. And, of course, the children help out, too, on the farms with the milking and getting them the cows ready for night. And uh, they learn to harness the horses and take them out into the fields. And there's a lot of work that's being done, even by the children. So if we, uh, yeah, you know, you talk about that work and that horsepower, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at, you know, at your book here and, and I'm yeah. saying the thing that we, you know, again, I'm, I want to focus on the tourist and the, the, you know, the locals that they, they can start to look at these barns when they're driving down the road, because just remember it began with one horse, one horse power. Number one, in the days of people with fast boats and fast cars, remember yeah. a horsepower is really one horse. Right, correct. That <laughs> and is correct. And then you're lucky enough to maybe have three horsepowers, which means what? I've got three horses, right? <laughs> yeah. And yes. then then you go up the early 1900s, and now you've got you know you got real like an engine, and it's going to produce the, the the strength of ten horses, correct? Yeah. And then you have correct. like 34 horsepower, and then maybe a John Deere in 1966 at 200 horsepower. And maybe yeah. even up to 425, and I'm sure they're probably beyond that by now, right? So that that changes the whole um, need for that animal strength, right? Yes. So we lose the horses. Right. <laughs> the farmers, once they get a tractor, they're so delighted. That, well, they can cha- uh, sell their horses maybe to work in the woods where they can't have a tractor. So they have the horses <clears throat> doing the hauling out uh, logs and so forth. And then they get their little tractor and they're proud as punch over that, of course. And then as time goes on, um, I should have probably had years in there or approximate years that would have made it probably a little more interesting Mm -hmm. into the book. But uh, anyway, then they accumulate all these tractors because they're buying more land Mm -hmm. and they need more tractors and so forth. And then the this, there's one that's even bigger than this uh, on 1997 in New Holland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite an interesting tractor. Most everybody has some tractors, all the ones that are doing the potato and the broccoli. And uh, mostly in the potatoes and the grains, they have these large, larger tractors now. And that's amazing. They even know when to turn. Oh, boy, I know. <laughs> turn right? at the end of the row. That's just Amazing. That is amazing. It's come a long ways, right? And let's talk. It's come a long way. Let's talk about Orman for a minute. I know he collects tractors. Does he still collect tractors? Oh yes. Whenever he can find one. Oh yes. When we go riding, he's still got his eyes peered, you know. And <laughs> but there's not a lot of people have collected the old tractors, uh-huh. so there's not too many around. What does he uh, have? Even what's, up here. What's he got? What's he storing? What's he got? Yeah, what's he have? All his farm owns. He's got the barn full, and he's got a Quonset full. He just loves doing this, and he restores them, have or have them restored, but mostly he's restored them, worked on the engines himself, but, and, and, and the, the signs. He puts the signs on them, and it's quite something. They're very proud. 
Th- the farmers it... are very proud of all their work that they do with these little old tractors. You know, it means a lot to them. Does but the... his father started off with a horse, and here he is, you know, going into these tractors with his farming and the boys and all, and taught them how to farm and. They do fabulous. Do they all run Probably. all of his all of his collection? Do they all those tractors run? Does it keep them all running? Yes, uh, but every now and then, if they're not taken out and rode around the farm a little bit, you know, the tire you have to watch out for the tires if they set too long and it may leak just a little. And yeah, he has to keep an eye on them. Yeah, he used yeah. to display them quite a bit, but now he's not displaying so much because. It's a lot of work to get one ready out there, but they are beautiful. They're all painted. Everyone he owns oh. is painted and well done. Maybe that's your next book, you know, that's <laughs> take pictures of those. And, you know, there's another thing that pops out in your book is, is tools that are in the barn. Talk about the tools and the, the things, the oh, artifacts. The yeah. Oh, there's not too many tools there. There's, Oh, my God, thousands of tools today. Mm-hmm. They started off with such a little, little tools and so few tools. And, mm-hmm. and his collection of tools, is um, he has a four-door garage, car garage. Mm-hmm. And the ceilings and the walls are all just collect, collectibles that he has collected right back from his great-grandfather that, uh, no, his grandfather that came to uh, Parham mm-hmm. uh, and settled in Parham. He has a few of his very special tools. Yeah. And then he's added tools. Is that Fremont? That Was that Fremont that we're talking about? We're talking about Fremont that yeah. came, yes, okay. with his father and his brother and his mother. And, and there were four brothers that came to Parham and settled in the Blackstone area. Yeah. So that's something else. They also have wonderful, uh, a big, beautiful barn. It's in the book also. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, so we've got, we've got uh, barns throughout Maine, particularly focusing on the county. We've got uh, tractors uh, historically, and then we've also got, you know, horsepower replacing uh, animals in the barn. And then we've got this, um, you know, uses are starting to change a bit. And then we've got the next the couple of generations. Now we've got maybe the new generations coming up who are just not that interested anymore in farming. Is that true? Is that kind of relevant? Well, perhaps some of them, but our boys are, mm-hmm. <laughs> are very, very interested in, um, in farming. Our sons, our grandsons also are in farming. And they each have their own farms. Well, they farm together, the brothers do. And our, we had the three sons. Um, two of them is in the uh, potato farming industry with the grain and so forth. And, the, and their children also are farmers. Mm-hmm. One is going to college here this fall, and he'll be taking agricultural uh, oh, What's the word I want? Something in agriculture. Anyway, and of course, I have to learn all this bookkeeping, too, you know. It isn't right. just all farming. There's a lot to it. Right, right. So, yes, our kids are into farming, definitely. You had one into quote farming. You had one quote in here about one gentleman who said that, uh, I used to farm the land, now I farm from my desk. Yeah, that's our oldest son. That's 
That's a great. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of work to be done. That is for sure in books. You got to keep it. There's a lot of records and you know, it's just, yeah. it's never ending the farming, whether it's all day and then part of the evening too, because there's a lot to record. Seven, so, yeah. seven days a week, right? It's, uh, it's, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially if you have animals, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, occasionally they get weekends off. They burned it. Right, they sure have. And so now we've got <clears throat> we've got this new generation that maybe they're coming up and saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the farm, I'm gonna continue to do what my families have always done. Um, and you know, but there is, you know, there's 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 some of this decay, there's all some stuff and and there's some changes that are happening out there. Let's talk about those changes. I'm seeing barns, particularly in the southern area, where everybody wants to do a wedding in a barn. Yes. Uh, that's the, the maintenance is so expensive yeah. to maintain a barn, and it's not practical anymore. The doors are too small for the tractors and the equipment, for one thing. And then um, it's, it's the maintenance of the barn. They'd rather construct a newer, larger building yeah. to uh, mostly the quonsets are very popular, too, especially for the potato houses. Mm. That's that You don't build a wooden potato house anymore. You build a um, metal quonset type mm-hmm. style, and that too has all the oh, updated. Um, what do I say? You know, for the air circulation and right. so forth. It's, everything is so very updated. Yeah. I mean, you can lay in your bed at night and and find out what the temperature is in your in your potato house. Yeah, yeah. On your phone. Right. Right. <laughs> So that's a big, big change rather than trudging through the snow to check your, your uh, potatoes. Wow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or def- your animals. Yeah. So there's technology there as well that has to, has to, that is improving the lifestyle of farmers, definitely, from that standpoint. Yeah. And, uh, and then we're seeing, you know, there's, there's, there's event centers, there's, there's wedding barns are popping up, you know, there's, uh, I see storage, you know, people are using them to, 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 to hold, um, you know, antique cars or different types of things. And but I'm also seeing a big interest, um, in, uh, distressed wood. So the barns that are coming down, some people are trying to, trying to collect that wood so they can make furniture yeah. from it and stuff. Yeah. Yes. And some of them are repossessed bar, uh, barns also. Mm-hmm. From old, um, from the barns that they are taking down or have fallen down <clears throat> due to the uh, winters up here is very heavy. Heavy snowfalls with ice accumulations will bring down a, a little barn that's not very solid anymore. Yeah. So that, and people will, uh, yes, use that wood to their advantage. And that's wonderful to see it. They do such wonderful work with these. Um, making changes with the wood and so forth. Oh, yeah. And I'm also seeing one thing that always goes with a barn to me in my mind is um, oh, the windmill or the wind, what do you call that little turbine that usually you see up on beside barns or near barns for wind. Um, what do you call those? Yeah. yeah. Windmills. Windmills. Yeah. That's the, that's the word. The windmills. There's very few of those. Very, very few of those left up here, and they're not really used. Mm-hmm. They're there for just like on our farm. Uh, we have one of the originals that is still up. We have it changed so that it the propellers don't go around, and the wind will get into it, and then we'll lose the propeller. Right. So you have to keep them tied down somehow. Yeah. 
and uh, very, very few of those. There are some manufactured ones today for just an ornament type right. thing, right? but they're very rare. Yeah. Hey, I've got a test for you. This is the test part. This is the quiz show part of the show today right now, okay? Okay. And at the end of the back of your book, and I don't want you looking, okay? I'm going to ask you some glossary terms, okay? And you have to tell oh, me. glossary terms. Yes. Oh. You have to tell me okay. what what is a hay knife and how is it used? Oh, a hay knife. Sometimes they're effective and sometimes they are not. People, uh, uh, I'll tell you when they are used. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, after the hay is put up into the mound, uh, maybe over the stable or something, in during the winter months, these this hay will pack down, right. so it's quite firm, and you can't lift it up with the fork mm-hmm. to throw it down through the hole. So they have these hay knives and hay forks, mm-hmm. uh, the hay knives, and they try to cut the hay in pieces and okay. junks so that they can lift the hay and put it down through, dropping it down into the stable. Yeah. So, That's what they're for. Okay, well, uh, let me check with the judges on that. Okay, the judges has just responded. They said that you are 100% correct on that. So you're one for one. Here's the next one. You ready for this? Okay. What is a Stooks? Stooks. Spelled oh, yeah. S-T-O-O-K-S. What is a Stooks? Yes, yeah. Stooks is, um, oh, let's say that is oats. They cut the oats mm-hmm. and... They have to dry before they are brought into the barn, and uh, they're they're tied with the combine. There's a rope on the combine that will tie these stoops mm-hmm. in bunches, and uh, oh, they're pro- the bunches are probably oh, let me see, four feet maybe. I've done this before, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you take three of those little stoops or four. <clears throat> Stand them up so that the heads are up. Okay. And uh, so that the sun will dry them. And once they're dried, they're put onto the wagon and brought into the barn. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, once they're tied, once they're standing up together to dry, that's what's called the stook. Okay. Let me just check with oh, the judges say that you're 100% correct. So you're two for two right now. We're going to do our final question right now. This is going to be the hardest one, probably. What is a Percherons? Percherons, P-E-R-C-H-E-R-O-N-S. A Percheron? Yes. That's a horse, the name of a, a horse. They're beautiful. They're quite often black, and oh, they look so beautiful. For a bonus, where are they from? This is a bonus. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. Now I'm going to have to think about that one. They're not from this country. They must be from Persia. Or they, well, Persia would be part of France, correct? Yes. Guess what? Yes. You just got 100% correct. You have won our show for the day. You have done very well. I just want to thank you. Hey, what is one thing that you want people from away to know about barns and their importance? What is it, What should they be looking at when they're driving down our country roads? Oh, what should they be looking at? Okay, this goes from uh, uh, Weston, Route 1. Follow Route 1, 
and you will see little barns, big barns, back house barns. Yep. <laughs> some of them are connected and some of them are not. Mm-hmm. And just notice the beautiful view across the river mm-hmm. because the uh, main uh, on Route 1 and Route 1A will follow the um, the St. John River. And that valley, when you get up north, right on the peak, it's called the Crown of Maine. Mm-hmm. It is the most northern. It has four seasons, mm. beautiful country, mm. and it's just absolutely beautiful. Look for the, and don't forget to look for the moose and the deer. Lots <laughs> of them. Okay. <laughs> All right. In. And here, here's the final question. How long have you been married to Orman? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 67 years. Let me check whether Orman said you're 100% correct. That is correct. Congratulations. Listen, I want to thank Loretta Blackstone for being on the show today, for informing us all about Barnes and Main and pay attention people. There's a lot out there for us to see. Loretta, thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. And thank you, Brian, for having me on your show. Great. This is Brian Bickford for Mainly Matters. And this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. Thank you, guys. Thanks for all coming. And thanks to you people for listening. Have a great day. Mm